The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Well, good morning, Tower View. Good morning to all those who are listening and watching this morning. Good morning and welcome to our Sunday School lesson for today, June 21st, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all. To my son, Andy, um, this is his first Father's Day as a father. And so congratulations to him. We are be studying, going, continuing through the book of Proverbs today. I am a Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. We are by the World's of Fun Water Tower in Kansas City on corner of Northeast 50th Street and Randolph Road. You can find out more about us by visiting our website, towerviewkc.com, or our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church, the one in Kansas City, Missouri, not the Tower View Baptist Church in Illinois. I'm sure they're a fine church, but they're not us. Um, their Tower View is one word. Our Tower View is two words. So there you go. We are studying today in the book of Proverbs again. We'll be continuing in chapter 3. And let's start with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for all that you provide. Lord, you are the mighty God. Help us to be your servants in all that we do as we take a few minutes to study your word. Help us to open our hearts, open our minds, open um, everything about us, Lord, to your word, that we can get godly wisdom and get rid of worldly foolishness. You are the mighty God, and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. I see Judy's on. Whoops, don't want to scroll that. Okay. Um... We're going to continue on in Proverbs chapter 3. Last week we looked at the first 12 verses of Proverbs chapter 3. This week we're going to continue with the, the end of chapter 3. We're going to go down and starting in verse 21 this morning. And in verse 21 it says, Maintain sound wisdom and discretion. My son, don't lose sight of them. They will be life to you and adornment for your neck. They will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked will come. For the Lord will be your confidence and you will keep your foot from a snare. And so again, we begin this section. And this time he does it a little bit differently. The second line, the first line doesn't say my son. But it's in the second part of the line. He begins with maintain sound wisdom and discretion. Why does he do it? Why does he change it up? Well, one, he changed it up to, to wake us up. It's like, wait a minute, this is different. It's poetic. He, he, he changes things. Also, I think it's a point of emphasis. The emphasis is not my son. The emphasis is you need to maintain sound wisdom and discernment or discretion. You need to maintain that. That 
maintaining that is above everything else. That is more important than being my son or being my student, being my daughter. Maintaining sound wisdom and discernment. Don't lose sight of them. So here the couplet is, the second half, is emphasizing and telling you why the importance of the first line. He says what's important. In the second line he says who needs to do it? And, 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 and the command not to, not to fall away from it. And as we talked about last week, verse 22, this will be life for you, an adornment for your neck. And here he's he saying, okay, what, what is important? How, what is this um, wisdom and discernment? Well, one, it's around your neck, so it's always with you. It's always important. Everybody will see it. Most people don't wear a necklace and then hide it. Okay, that's not the point of a necklace. In the military, we do that with dog tags, but we don't do that um, with um, jewelry or do something that we're proud of. You don't do that with military medals. And so you, 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 it's around your neck. It's a dormant. Everybody can see it. But it's more important than adornment. It is life. If you don't have sound wisdom and discernment, you don't have life. It's like, well, there are a lot of wise people out in the world that, no. no. you got to remember in Proverbs, when it talks about wisdom, it's talking about godly wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. That's what it says in seven. So in Proverbs, when it talks about wisdom and discernment, it's talking about godly wisdom. It's talking about following God's laws and God's commandments and everything about the way God goes. Now, this is the Old Testament. So when he wrote this, he was thinking things like the Ten Commandments and such. But today, we as Christians, we include the New Testament. We include the words of Jesus and the words of Paul and James and the other writers of the New Testament. We include those in godly wisdom. And so when it says maintain sound wisdom and discernment, it's talking about godly wisdom that is taught in Scripture. That's the wisdom and discernment it's talking about. And that will be your life. If you don't have God, you don't have life. And you need that. It's your adornment. It's what everybody sees about you. It's what makes you important. It makes you um, uh, valuable to God. We're all valuable to God. But it makes you valuable to God. And, and so um, that's important. And so you got to have that godly wisdom. Don't lose sight of it. It's life to you. You see how people flounder in this world when they don't have godly wisdom. They make foolish mistakes that makes their life more miserable because they don't follow God's laws. And they don't have purpose. You've seen people who don't have purpose in life. They're miserable. And even if you have depression and anxiety as a Christian, you still you know you have a purpose in life. Even if you're struggling with anxiety, you still have a purpose in life when you have godly wisdom and godly discretion. And how do I know this? Because look at verse 24. Or I'm sorry, go to 23. 
Then you will go safely on your way. Your foot will not stumble. Think about when you read the news and different things that happen because they make foolish decisions. Um, Just think around Kansas City and the newspapers we see around here. You know, somebody, there's a murder in a house. Why? Because somebody was cheating on on their spouse. A drug deal went bad. Why are you messing with that stuff? Somebody's out at all hours of the night for for no good reason, just to have well, you know have fun because having fun is more important than anything else in this world sometimes. And we know this world is not everything there is, and so having fun is not the ultimate, but that you can have fun in everything that you do. And so we we go with that. Um, and so God walking in God's ways will keep you from making foolish mistakes in life. You don't cheat people. You don't cause pain and grief. And when you do, you apologize. You make things right. As it says in Romans 12, you know, as much as possible, live at peace with everyone. Doesn't mean you'll have a perfect life. But you'll you'll keep from making foolish decisions, so your 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 foot will not stumble. The police aren't knocking on your doorstep for embezzling from your employer. Things like that. And in verse twenty four, why do you need godly wisdom and discernment? When you lie down, you will not be afraid. You will lie down, and your sleep will be pleasant. Uh, one of the things it says in, in, in the uh, lesson plan, I don't quote from it very often, it says, Weariness nudges us to go to bed, but anxiety may prevent us from going to sleep. And I, many of us can can relate to that. You go to bed because you're tired, but then you get there and you can't sleep. Why? Why? Because one, sometimes it's because of foolish decisions we've made and we're trying to, how do we rectify it? How do we fix this? I told a lie. How do I get out of that lie that I told? How many more lies do I need to tell to get over it? How about go back and fess up to the lie and fix it? Then you don't have to keep track of all your lies. Things like that. Worrying about the future. How often do we worry about the future? We do it all the time. Right now, because it's in the paper... It's on social media every day. COVID-19, what's the future going to be? There there, there are protests and riots. What's going to happen with the police? What's going to happen with the stock market and my retirement plan? And why is the, the future so worrisome? Because we have no power over it. And so we were helpless over the future. And when we're helpless... We feel worthless. But with God, when you have godly wisdom and you have godly discernment behind you, you realize God's got the future. Even if the stock market crashes and never rebounds, God's still got your future. Whether tomorrow's riot happens outside your house and they burn your house down, God's still got your future. 
God's got your future whether you remain healthy or if you get sick with any malady. Whether it's COVID or cancer or the flu or something else. God's got your future no matter what happens on this world. And if you know that God's got the future, you know that your eternity is in heaven and everything about this world is temporary, you can go to sleep at night and not worry about it. Because God's got your future. Because he's given you godly wisdom and discretion. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of God's knowledge. And you trust God because you fear the Lord. It's trust. That's all. That's, you get your inspiration. You get all your knowledge from God. You get your salvation from God. And you don't have to worry about what's going on in this world. Do you have to still live in it? Yes. Does that mean you may suffer because of it? Yes. But it's temporary suffering. It's temporary. We go to the dentist. Why? Because we want our teeth to be better. But it's a pain to go to the dentist. It hurts and that metal sounding on your teeth just sounds terrible. But it's temporary. It doesn't last long. And then you move on your way. That's what this world is. It's temporary. So with godly discernment, godly wisdom, you can lay down and go to sleep and not worry about what's going to happen in this world. Because God's got this. Nothing in this world is surprising God. That goes on with verse 25. Don't fear sudden danger or the ruin of the wicked when it comes. So God may judge the wicked, but you know what? If you live nearby, it may affect you. Look at Lot when he lived in Sodom and Gomorrah. God took out those cities, but it affected Lot. They had to leave. They survived, but they had to leave. But Lot and his family, they didn't really have a lot of godly wisdom and discernment. At least his wife didn't want to leave. She looked back. She's no more. His daughters didn't trust God and acted sinfully. And they made foolish decisions. They stumbled because they didn't use godly wisdom and godly discernment. And so Lot and his family, because of that lack of godly wisdom and lack of godly discernment, which probably, if they had that, they probably wouldn't have moved there to begin with. They stumbled because of that, because they didn't have the godly wisdom. They didn't have the godly discernment. In verse 26, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from a snare. Another reason you don't have to worry and you can sleep at night. The Lord will be your confidence. Not yourself, not in your abilities, not your physical strength, not your mental IQ, not your business acumen. None of that matters. God is your confidence. You know what? There were, God, there were ungodly people, foolish people, who have just as much strength or more strength than you do. There were ungodly people who have as much business acumen as you do. Or more. There are ungodly people who have, more, have a, as, as high IQ as you do, or maybe even more. No. 
Your confidence comes from the Lord, from Yahweh. That's the Lord. The Lord is capitalized there, all caps. That means Yahweh. Yahweh will be your confidence because you be, you fear the Lord. You fear Yahweh. You follow him. You're keeping godly discernment and godly wisdom. And if you're doing that, he keep your foot from the snare. You'll make wise decisions and you won't fall in the traps of the world. Because of that, you won't make you won't do foolish things that get you in trouble. And so maintain sound wisdom and discretion. It'll keep you out of trouble. It 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 will shine on you. You can people will be able to look at you and say, hey, that person's a Christian. You ever go to work or someplace away from church? And you talk to somebody for a few minutes and you can tell they're a Christian. And you don't talk about God. They never quote a Bible verse or anything. Just by the way they talk and how they carry themselves. You can tell they're a Christian. The question is, can people tell you that you're a Christian when you're outside of church? You're not wearing a Christian t-shirt. Don't have cross jewelry or anything. Just by the way you carry yourself, by the how you speak to others, can they tell that you're a Christian? That's your goal. Can you live and be a Christian in, in this world? That's when it says in, in back in verse 22, that this will be life for you. It will be a dormant for your neck. If you're following God, it will be obvious to others that you are following God. And you're not following the world. They may not be able to label it because if they didn't come from a Christian background, they may not say, well, you're a Christian. But they'll know there's something different about you. And they may say, may, you, know, you know, in a nice way, they may ask, what, 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 what's, you're different than everybody else. What's different? And they may say it in an unnice way. You're, you're just there's something wrong with you. Why don't you like everybody else? It doesn't matter. But they can tell that there's something different about you. There's something going on in your life that is different. And so can you live a life that your Christianity is like jewelry? It's adornment and everybody can see it. And then it continues on in, in, in this Proverbs um, continues on in Proverbs in verses 27 to 35. And, and so in this first part, he, he's naming it all in the positive. Maintain godly wisdom, and here's why. Here are the reasons why you need to maintain godly wisdom. And he, and he lists them. That way we just went over. Those are all the reasons why you need to maintain godly wisdom. And then in starting in verse 27, he takes a little bit different tack. He says, this is how you don't this is this is the opposite of godly wisdom don't do these things and he has a bunch of don'ts in verse 27 when it is in your power don't withhold good from the one to whom it belongs don't say to your neighbor go away come back later i'll give it to you tomorrow when it is there with you don't plan harm on your i'm sorry let me read that again don't plan any harm against your neighbor for he trusts you and lives near you. Don't accuse anyone without cause. When he has done you no harm, don't envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. 
For the devious are detestable to the Lord, but he is a friend to the upright. The Lord, the Lord curses. The Lord's curse is on the household of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks those who mock. He gives grace to the humble. The wise will inherit honor, but he holds up fools to dishonor. So he begins this section here with a bunch of don'ts. He says, when it's in your power, don't withhold goods from the one whom, to whom it belongs. How, why would you have somebody else's stuff? Well, did you borrow it and they need it back? Did they do some work for you and you need to pay them? Do you need to pay your bills? Okay. Um, do they need it for survival? Those, and if it's with you, obviously you can't pay your bills if your checking account's empty. But were you foolish with your checking account and bought stuff you didn't need because you weren't using your godly wisdom and discernment? Because you wanted to be like everybody else. Well, everybody else has a nice car. I need a nice car, so I'm going to buy one I can't afford. Hmm. That's not godly wisdom. But see, when it when it's in, it's in your power, if you have it and you don't give it to somebody and you don't give what they deserve, don't give what they need, that's not godly wisdom. Don't do that. You're not following. That's not godly wisdom. That's foolishness. That's evil. Verse 28, don't say to your neighbor, go away and come back. I'll give it to you tomorrow when it is right there with you. Hey, I need, I need, I need my shovel back. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it to you later. It's right there behind the door. But you don't want to be bothered with it. No, that's evil. Don't do that. Verse 29, don't plan any harm against your neighbor. For he trusts you and, you, and lives near you. Now the next question is, who is your neighbor? Didn't ask that on the first time. You know, the you know dictionary definition definition of a neighbor. You know, one of the definitions of a neighbor is somebody who lives close to you. Their property borders you, or, or almost borders you, in your neighborhood. And that is one definition of a neighbor, and that's what this is talking about. But Jesus told a parable, and the neighbor is sometimes a stranger. Don't plot any harm against your neighbor. Your neighbor is also your co-worker. Do you plot against your co-worker so you get the promotion and they don't? Do you plot and sow seeds of deception and, and say, give hints that they're a bad worker to others and badmouth them so that you look better? Do you take credit for their work so that you'll look better? That is plotting deception. Okay, that's plotting harm against your neighbor. No, God says don't do that. He's trusting you. And you don't have his back. No, that's not a godly way to do things. That is not godly wisdom and discernment. Verse 30, don't accuse anyone without cause. When he has done you no harm. Don't accuse him without cause. Now, obviously, if they've done wrong, you need to bring it up. But this is without cause. 
you can't find something in your house, so you accuse your neighbor of stealing it. We are in Proverbs chapter 3, is where we're looking at when I keep saying these verse numbers. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. Um, and so in, in, in verse 30, don't, Proverbs 3.30, don't accuse anyone without cause. When he is done, you no harm. So that goes with your co-worker. Don't accuse them of embezzling. Don't accuse them of stealing office supplies when they didn't do it. You are to tell the truth. You are to be truth bearers. It goes back in verse 22. Godly wisdom and discernment will be adorned around your neck. It will be adornment of your life. It will be life to you. And if you're accusing others, that's not life. That thing around your neck will be a, a stone, a millstone, that when you get thrown in the water and it drags you down. That's not godly wisdom. And then verse 31, Proverbs 3.31, Don't envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. Do we sometimes envy the evil? Because they seem to get what they want. Well, they got a fancy car. They get the promotion because of all the things they're doing. They're spending their money foolishly and they don't have any for anything else. They're not giving any money to the church as a tithe or an offering. So you envy them. They lie and cheat at work and they get the promotion. And violent is not always physically violent. Sometimes it's verbally violent. People who lie and cheat, that's verbally violent. Don't envy them. Don't, don't, or choose their ways. Don't do what they do. That's what it's talking about when you read Psalm 1. It says, walk in the way, don't walk in the, in, in the ways of the evil. Don't choose their paths. That's not godly wisdom. That's not godly discretion. It says, verse 32, why should you not do that? Verse 32, for the devious are detestable to the Lord. That's why you don't do it. It's detestable to God. You are fearing the Lord, as it says in Proverbs 1.7. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You're fearing God. And following the violent people, whether they're violent physically or violent verbally, is detestable to the Lord, to Yahweh. But God is a friend to the upright. God is a friend to the upright. And so that's what we want to be. We want to be God's friend. Not that we earn it, because we don't, but because we have salvation, because we fear the Lord, we want to please him. How many of you grew up wanting to please your father? Today's Father's Day. You wanted to do things to please your father. So you'll say, hey, you're, he's proud of you. He loves you. Some of you got that as a child, and some of you didn't. And so, you know, we want to please our Father. We want to, why? Because we want His acclamation. But two, He is our source of life. He is our source 
of salvation. He is our source of eternity. So we want to do the things for the, that please the God, please Father. Because it's now our desire to do that. Because you want to do that. Because as a Christian, you live out godly values every single day, not just on Sunday morning. You live out godly values when you're at work. You live out godly values when you're playing sports. You live out godly values when you're in the backyard talking to your neighbor. You live godly values when you're at home and your spouse or your kids annoy you. You were a friend, you do what is right because you were a friend of God. Because God is a friend of the upright. And you do upright things all the time. Verse 33. The Lord's curse is on the household of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. So God blesses the wicked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. God curses the wicked. He blesses those who follow him, the righteous. But here's the problem that we see. God's curse is an instant. God's blessings aren't always instant. We know somebody is not following God, but sometimes it's years before their sin is found out. Yeah, they got that nice new car, but they've been embezzling. But they don't get caught for a couple of years before, before it finally catches up with them. Somebody does an audit and finds it. You've been doing the right thing for years, but nobody notices. Where's your blessing? Why don't I get new things and nice things? Why don't I get the promotion? I'm doing the right thing. And you don't see the blessing right away. But some, sometimes we don't get to see the blessings in this world. Sometimes our blessings will come after we pass from this world and we get our blessings in heaven. Sometimes the curses don't always come in this world. And they don't get their curses until they, they get to the judgment seat. But whether we see it in this world or not, God is there. But we also see the blessings and the curses of this world. Sometimes it comes with a court verdict and a sentence of guilty. Sometimes it comes at the hands of somebody else evil. Evil and evil are fighting. Sometimes it comes that you... They, they, they finally get fired for what they're doing at work. Their car gets repossessed. But like I said, sometimes that takes months, sometimes years before that happens. And we have to be patient on God and God's timing. Why? Verse 34. He mocks those who mock. Who's the he? That's God. God mocks those who mock. He gives grace to but he gives grace to the humble. Now when God mocks, this is a personification of God, kind of putting God how we see things. But when God mocks, it's not the same as when we mock. We, we do it in such petty ways. Nah, 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 nah. That's not God. Don't, don't put God doing things like that. God is a righteous judge. You stole from others, I'm going to steal from you, and you're going to lose everything you have. Although God, does it, God owns it also. He's not stealing. 
you stole and made others lose everything they had, you were going to lose everything you have. You've been robbing others. Somebody's going to rob you. That's what this is. That's what when God mocks. God's judgment will, will, will take part. And it'll come back to haunt them. But he gives grace to the humble. So pray for God's grace. Pray that you can remain humble. You won't be proud and arrogant like in verse 31 about violent men. Don't be like them. Violent men, violent women. But pray for the grace that God, that God will give you the grace to be humble and to live righteous life. Or live a life that is sound wisdom and discretion. Verse 35. The wise will inherit honor, but he holds up fools to dishonor. So you want to be the wise. Like I said, in Proverbs, the wise are the godly. The fools are those who, who turn away from God. They're evil. So we're not talking about worldly wisdom here. We're talking about godly wisdom and, godly, and, and satanic foolishness. That's the contrast. So don't confuse the two as you read through Proverbs. Don't confuse worldly wisdom with the wisdom that's in here. Wisdom in Scripture is always from God. Always. And so that is, and he's like, well, I, I, need, I don't have that. I need that. Well, pray for it. James chapter 1 says, pray for wisdom. God will give grace, will, will, will give you wisdom. So pray for wisdom. Pray for peace. So in verse 24 it says when you lie down you will not be afraid you will lay down and you will sleep and your sleep will be pleasant pray for that peace while you're laying in bed trying to go to sleep and you may have to do it over and over again because our minds don't change quickly our habits and our attitudes don't change quickly and so pray for that godly wisdom pray for that godly discernment Pray for that grace and that humbleness in the future so that you can sleep at night. And so pray. And all those things you're worrying about, make them prayer requests. God, I'm worried about my retirement plan. God, make that a prayer request. God, take care of my retirement so I don't have to worry about it. God, I'm worried about my health and what's going to happen in the future. Make it a prayer request. God, Help me to deal with whatever comes forward in my health. Help me to be gracious and wise if I'm sick. Help me to be gracious and wise if I'm healthy. Make those your prayer requests. Always. So turn everything that you have around and give it to God. And ask God to give you the grace to deal with those things. That you will, God, you will deal grace, grace in everything. It's not a say la vie attitude. It's not a to be fool, be foolish. I'm worried that you know something bad will happen to me. Well, wear your seatbelt, wash your hands, socially distance, don't cough on people. But realize, you can do every protection that you want, and you can still get sick. You can follow every rule of the road to the letter 
and still be in a car crash because somebody else doesn't. But can you be okay with that? Can you say, I still trust God even though life is going badly right now? Because that's what sound wisdom and discretion is all about. That's what getting grace from God is all about. It's what choosing to follow God is all about in each and every way. You follow God, it keeps you out of some foolish uh, potholes in life by following God. But even when trouble comes your way, because this is a cursed world, it says in Genesis 3, this, the ground is cursed, this world is cursed, you will still get bit by mosquitoes. But even when trouble comes your way, you can deal with it because you got God on your side. And you know God has got your future. He's got your eternity. That you can deal with the temporary troubles that come in this world. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening this morning as we went through the book of as we go to Proverbs chapter three. Um, next week we'll start when Proverbs we'll start in verse eleven. But I want you to read. Go back and read all of chapter three. We we skip some of the verses. Read all of chapter four for next week, not just what's in the lesson book. So read all of chapter four. Look for those couplets and see how those lines go together and how they amplify or counter each other, how, how he uses the poetry as you read that. And, and like I, when I've said before, Proverbs 1 through chapters 1 through 9, these are chunks of text where he is, he's making a point. They go together. Later in Proverbs, it seems like one verse has nothing to do with the verse before it. But in this part of Proverbs, they do. And so you need to read the big chunks at a time. And if you haven't started reading Proverbs, go back and start in chapter 1. Because 1 through 7 gives you the footprint of what this book is all about. And why he's writing it. And it gives you the definition in verse 1-7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, or beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. But you don't despise wisdom and discipline. That's why you're reading this book. Because you want wisdom, you want discipline in your life. And make those your prayer requests. God, give me wisdom. God, give me discipline. God, give me the knowledge that you have. Give me your knowledge. Because my knowledge is useless. So I want to thank you for watching. I want you to thank you for listening today. Let's close in prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for all that you do. We thank you for the words that you provide. That They provide life to us. They are our nourishment to get through every day, not just Sundays, but Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays too. Help us to consume them every day. Give us wisdom, give us discernment, give us your knowledge that we can live a righteous life with grace and humbleness. You are the mighty God and we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for watching today. Um, if, you're in, if you're in the area, we have our drive-in church at 1030. We have our transmitter transmitting. You can listen to the service from the parking lot. And so you can come out. If you want to sit in the grass, you can bring your lawn chair and you can sit outside. Well, uh, you can sit up next to the building. we got a speaker on the north side. You can sit under some trees if you want to. So come on by. I see we've got a lot of comments. 
So we have uh, Carrie Joe from South Texas. I know she's down there. So we got we got people listening to not just from Kansas City, from other parts. Um, some guy named Darren is watching this morning. Um, Cindy, Shirley, Linda, Judy. So I thank you all for watching this morning. I'm sure there's others watching. You just didn't. I just can only see the ones that posted the comments. Thank you for watching. Check out our website, TowerViewKC.com. Check out our Facebook page. If you want, you can call us or text us at our church number, 816-368-1330. I think that got posted in the comments. Yeah, it's posted in, in one of the comments. So um, feel free to contact our church if you have any, have any needs, spiritual needs. If you live in the area close to the church, physical needs. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. God bless uh, on this Lord's Day.